when you know you're going to be doing a formal practice in the evening or whenever fits, you're going to notice things differently through your day, right? Everything that we do in our lives influences how we see ourselves in the world. And in having a regular gratitude practice, you're actually going to see things differently in your day, which I think is incredibly powerful. You're listening to the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast, the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy, wealthy, and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow full life balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. Hi there, I am Dr. Caitlin and welcome back to Wisdom for Wellbeing. I am really excited to be bringing you another little mini coaching session today and specifically we are looking at gratitude journaling. So this is something that has come about because a few people have heard some interviews I've done around gratitude and the like and I wanted to bring it more to you, you know, making sure that you as a Wisdom for Wellbeing listener are also clear on gratitude and how you can practice it. So gratitude is something that I think can get a bit of a bad rap because we think of it as this like airy fairy practice, this feel good vibes only kind of thing, which I would label as toxic positivity. I do not think that any sort of practice we're engaging in is helpful if it is specifically for the intention of only feeling good. That is not the human experience. You are designed to feel all the feels. There is evolutionary design around this because emotions are energy in motion. They are designed to push you to do different things. Uncomfortable, difficult emotions signal something is not right. We want to make change. Now, this is something that evolved many, many thousands of years ago and doesn't always match modern day situations. However, having evolutionary awareness of your emotional states is really useful as is having awareness of your emotions. Because if you are unaware of your emotions and the embodied experience, of emotion, it can blindside you. So with that caveat, I, um, you know, I have a host of resources on evolution, emotions and the like, you know, particularly yoga brain 101, we do dive into some of that stuff, but here we want to look at why it is also important to cultivate this state of heartfeltness, of appreciation, of gratitude. Essentially, we are balancing the negativity bias that evolved, right? We evolved to notice dangers in our environment. We evolved to be scared that we were going to be cast out from our clan, from our tribe, because that social rejection would mean we'd get eaten by a tiger. We do not have claws. We do not have teeth. We should not be at the top of the food chain. So we are wired to notice social ruptures or to feel like fear around them, to actually feel sometimes like we're going to die if we are excluded or disliked and the like. We have to really actively balance that and reframe in a helpful way. Um, similarly, 
when we might have been walking out in a dark area or something might have gone wrong, we were wired to ruminate on that, right? Like to think about it again and again. Okay, well, I shouldn't take that pathway or I shouldn't go out when it's dark because that tiger was there, or that snake was there, or whatever it was. These are the things that we are designed to think about because they had life saving qualities. Noticing a beautiful butterfly or the way the sun glistened on a lake didn't actually lead us to survive and procreate again. So we have to actively balance it and wire it because we live in a very different world now, right? Our world for a lot of us with a degree of privilege is generally fairly safe. So now we have to balance out some of that bias by cultivating gratitude, by cultivating appreciation of the moments of joy and delight that do exist. If I got you to reflect right now on your latest shopping trip, If there was one person that was rude to you in the checkout line or one person who scowled or gave you a look when you can pull things off the shelf, that is what you're going to recall, right? That is what your mind is going to anchor back to. And I would venture to guess that there were 10, 20 loads of other people who might have smiled, who might have held the door who might have slowed down so you could get through in the line or whatever it may be. Yet our mind anchors on those difficult moments. So let's start practicing, noticing moments of joy in our day. And this is supported by a formal gratitude journaling practice. Because when you know you're going to be doing a formal practice in the evening or whenever fits, you're going to notice things differently through your day, right? Everything that we do in our lives influences how we see ourselves in the world. And in having a regular gratitude practice, you're actually going to see things differently in your day, which I think is incredibly powerful. So in terms of how you might actually start a gratitude practice, if we're speaking to journaling first, we're going to speak to journaling, then we're going to speak to letter writing, and then we're going to speak to movie watching because there's many ways to engage in a gratitude practice. If we're speaking to journaling first, what I want you to do is to figure out when in your day might work for sitting and writing. You might already have a journaling practice. So this might be an addition. This might be something that you're adding on, or it might be something that's new. You know, is it the case that in the morning over a cup of coffee, you might like to write a few gratitudes. If you listen to my previous episode on ritual and intention, maybe you sit by your altar in the morning and write your gratitudes, or maybe it's in the evening. You know, you have your gratitude journal on the side of your bed and you write before you go to sleep. So you've got that visceral sense of thankfulness as you're drifting off to sleep. Figure out what's going to work for you. And also, I've shared it before, honestly, if the time that you have is when you're heading off to the toilet and you've got your phone and you make some bullet notes as your gratitude journal on your phone, that's completely fine. You know, the idea of sitting by an altar and drinking a cup of tea or coffee is one thing, but that's not going to fit in every life, in every season, right? The only hopeful alone time you may have in different seasons of life, maybe when you're in the toilet, and that may not even be sacred all the time, but take what you've got, right? Like make it workable, make it functional. And with this, in terms of how you actually then um, do journaling, what I would suggest is that you do a couple of bullet points, you know, notice three things that you are grateful for in your day. You know, maybe it was the smell of that cup of coffee. Maybe it was the crisp air when you walked outside in the morning. Maybe you walked outside to take the garbage out without shoes and you felt, you know, your feet on the grass. Whatever it is, 
Note three things you're grateful for. And then write down three people you're grateful for. And sure, it could be your old teacher. It could be your partner or a friend. It could be the person who knows your coffee order at the coffee shop. Three people you're grateful for because a lot of research suggests that while being grateful for things and moments in our life is really impactful, the practice of gratitude for people is more impactful. So I always like to nerd out, anchor things back to the science. So let's do the three things and the three people. And then I want you to actually reflect on the people and consider what it is that you are specifically grateful for. What have they done to support you or your community? You know, is it that they make that coffee for you each morning and that's what you're grateful for? Maybe they serve it with a smile. Um, Maybe they write your name on it and do a smiley face. Maybe it is someone that you haven't even met. You know, maybe you're grateful for a real historic individual who argued for human rights, for environmental rights, who is the reason that you were able to attend the school you did. You know, whatever it is, have a think on these people in your lives and the things that they've done to support you in your community. If this feels really, really challenging and it feels um, like it's cultivating a really difficult emotional state in trying to anchor to these people or things, dial it back. Go back to the three things you're thankful for. These are all just suggestions. We want it to be easeful enough that you're going to be able to engage in the practice without disconnecting, without turning off from it, okay? So always know that you can dial it back. And what I would encourage you to do is to build like a gratitude database. So maybe in the back of your journal or somewhere, you just have people, things, moments in your life that you're grateful for. So in times that are really painful or really dark, when it's harder to bring you know your brain, your heart on board to engage in recreating creation of moments of people and kind of like re-anchor to them, that you've got this running list that you can go back to. And then as you read these moments, starting to viscerally appreciate and feel that sense of gratitude in your body again right? This is how you're going to move through difficult times. We can change your emotional state. It doesn't mean that you're not feeling, you know, depressed, sadness, grief, and the like. You can feel those things and you can feel grateful for moments. It can be a both and rather than an either or. We can feel both. We're very complex beings. So allow yourself to build your gratitude database at the same time. The next thing I suggested was writing a letter. Now, the reason you write a letter is you choose one person in your life that you're very grateful for, who's had a wonderful impact on your life, and you write a letter to them. You do not need to send it. However, if you send it, there's a lovely um, lovely paper that would suggest that that process of receiving gratefulness is incredibly impactful, that that is like the ultimate gratitude hit is actually hearing why people are grateful for you, why people appreciate you, how you have impacted the world. So if there is someone who's impacted you for your being reflecting on that and writing this letter is important. Perhaps choosing to send this letter, if this person is still around walking the planet now, this might be a way of sharing it with them. I've written um, gratitude letters for different people in my life, and not all of them are living. So this has meant that some of the gratitude letters have sat on my altar or have been burned or just something that for me feels meaningful and intentional. So this is about what feels 
helpful for you? You know, what feels aligned for you? For some people, you know, burning a letter might feel wacky. So if that's you, don't do it. You certainly don't have to. We want these practices to be impactful based on your values, your worldview. These are suggestions, offerings for how you could shape a practice to suit you. Now, the journaling, the letter, the movies. All right. So you don't have to write to practice gratitude. You can experience gratitude from watching a movie where an individual might help another one. So there's been some really cool studies done that have looked at people hearing stories. So it could be reading a book, a novel, hearing a story as well. Um, of, for instance, individuals who've been in concentration camps and other individuals in the concentration camps who've sacrificed to support them. You know, doctors who found the supplies to heal, to nourish, or even prison guards who might have cast everything aside to help prisoners. When we see human beings engaged in compassionate practice and compassionate action, we feel grateful in our bodies. It viscerally affects us. We are part of this species that can do, you know, the cruelest of the cruel, but the most compassionate, selfless actions. And when we embrace that compassionate, selfless side, when we watch movies, when we see stories, we feel grateful in ourselves and we bring that lens to our world, to our day, and we start to see that we can behave that way, right? Everything we see another individual doing, we are capable of. And sure, that can be really um, painful and confronting on the cruel spectrum. But when we look at the compassion, that depth, that selflessness that we are capable of, how absolutely amazing. And I guess with this, in that compassion and gratitude, they're both very much pro-social behaviors. Gratitude might be a practice that we're doing alone, and yet there is a pro-socialness to it because it changes how we are impacted and impact the world, how we then show up to the world. So know that in, in engaging in your gratitude practice, you are essentially transforming your state and who you're going to show up as in the world. And this doesn't mean that you're always going to feel good or benevolent and that things are always going to be easy. But when we've got that lens, it makes it easier for us to see um, moments of joy, to lean into those moments, and to be able to engage in a way that shows our appreciation, you know, that, that shows at times perhaps a bittersweetness for the moments of our lives. Does that make sense? So if sitting down and journaling doesn't feel like your thing, Get an audiobook, listen to it while you're driving, watch Netflix and say, you know, the psychologist recommended it. Do something that for you allows you to appreciate human beings and to watch compassion in action. Because sometimes, you know, particularly um, as news stories permeate, you know, the many channels of media, we can start to feel down and out about the world, the state of being, and it becomes harder to cultivate a sense of gratitude and appreciativeness, which makes sense. You know, these stories are horrible. They're painful. They're that dark side of humankind, of human callous. And there's a lot of good there. You can be the good. We can be the good. We can support each other. We can delight in the butterfly flapping by, the smell of our fresh coffee in the morning, these little moments of joy. And by bringing this into our world, we're going to have more energy 
It does not serve us to exhaust ourselves by only focusing on the negative, the tough times, and our brain's wired to do that anyway. So let's not pretend that we're not going to pick that stuff up. We are. We're wired for it. Let's actively cultivate gratitude, appreciation, this bittersweetness in the human state so that we can show up with energy and make this world the place that we choose to be. Okay. I hope this is helpful. I hope the coaching session has been helpful. Please connect on social media or, you know, wherever is useful for you. I'm at Dr. Caitlin and let me know what sort of practices, tools you um, are enjoying, or maybe you need a bit more information and guidance to bring into your life. I wish you all well. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect, find show notes, other episodes, and to subscribe. While you're at it, if you find value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show. Wisdom for Wellbeing is not a substitute for professional, individualized mental health treatment. If you are in crisis, please contact 000, your local emergency number if you are outside of Australia, or attend your local hospital ED.